Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. The 2021 picture is becoming clearer. Not much clearer, mind you, but more clear than it was a few days ago as we are getting more and more news on what this season might look like, i.e. salary cap. And speaking of the cap, just how much of that dollar amount should be carved out for the quarterback position? If depth matters, and it does, then this team needs to devote some resources behind Kyler Murray, not just around Kyler Murray. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 402, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Well, teams MJ had to know sooner rather than later, and I'm sure they would have preferred to have known maybe a week or two ago, but the number is in. As we talk about the salary cap, the number is 182.5, and that bird gang is millions of dollars. We know what the original floor was, 175, then it was moved up to 180. So teams now with an extra two and a half million dollars to play with. And I think, you know, for us, it's a lot of money and big picture for when you're talking about these NFL franchises, you know, a million here, a million there. Sometimes it doesn't matter. But this might be the one off season where, you know, two and a half million, that might be two three players, depending on where they come in under the cap. So I do think a significant number, not nearly as significant as maybe in a normal offseason, but as we know, this is has anything but normal the past 365 days. And the reason why the cap is going down is because of COVID. Clearly the NFL, you know, they were able to get the entire season, postseason and Super Bowl in and and teams didn't have a, a chance to have fans and, you know, concessions and just corporate suites. So that's the reason why the cap goes down. And I think they were waiting, Craig, because we still haven't got the official word on the 17th game. And normally the, it would be 18 weeks, only one bye week. So I think they were – and I think teams were hoping to get to 185, 186. You mentioned 175, then 180. So if it was going to get to 185, maybe they met in the middle – and that's why it's 82.5. Now, some teams have carried money over from the following season. So, you know, according to Darren Urban, who's on top of things at azcardinals.com, Cards Chatter on Twitter, he listed the Cardinals are 14.5 under. But it's a fluid situation. I'm assuming that in the next couple of days, if not um, in the next 72 hours, we're going to see some teams start releasing players because now they have a hard number. And, th- and they got to be realistic and you know, some guys could be designated for June 1st. And what that means, you're going to release the player and that allows him to go somewhere else. But the money doesn't come off the cap until June 1st. So it's fluid um, to me. If you want to sign a player, you, you could find a way. And I think the Cardinals still want to get a, a nice signing here, whether it's on the offensive line interior, or maybe a wide receiver. So we'll have to wait and see. As we've seen already when it comes to teams willing to have dead money on their cap to move on from a franchise quarterback, there is a way to massage things to get to where you want to be. And you talk about players getting released. Well, how about John Brown, the Buffalo Bills, 
letting him go today. And then, of course, the restructuring. Saw Christian McCaffrey's name in the news as far as his contract restructured. Now, that's different from taking a pay cut, but these are all the terms we're going to be hearing now between now and next week. Release, restructure, pay cut, all in an attempt for these teams to get under or be prepared for the new league year, which begins one week from today. I think the buzzword we're going to hear this offseason, voidable years. And that means, I'll give you an example, the Cardinals sign J.J. Watt to two years, $28 million. He does have up to $3 million for getting 10 sacks or more. But the first year cap number is 4.9, then it goes up to over 15. And then there's a third year that has 7200 in base salary. We'll see how he plays, but there are it's really a five-year deal. And you look after the second year, it's all voidable. And that's a way to spread money out. And guys take a little bit less on, on the base salary so they can extend the bonus money over the length of the contract. I did not major in mathematics. And I am not a salary cap guru, MJ. And that is why these teams have these particular people. And sometimes it's an entire team of people. But uh, again, we'll do our best here on Cardinals Cover 2. And you talked about Darren Urban, also Kyle Lodegaard on azcardinals.com. Great follows and great reads over there to keep track on what else is going on here in the offseason. And speaking of which, the free agency tracker is up and is live, azcardinals.com slash free agency, to follow the latest on what the Cardinals will do or have already done with respects to adding players to some of the core that we have talked about here over the last several weeks. Now, before we get into... Today's position breakdown, which is going to be the quarterback position, another piece of news, and that is the franchise tag and transition tag. That window has closed. The Cardinals used neither. I never thought for a minute that the Cardinals would franchise tag Hassan Reddick. I did think perhaps maybe the transition tag would have been an option, less so after the news that J.J. Watt had signed. But what this means is, is once again, when Monday comes around and the legal tampering period begins, when teams are able to contact players, not talk contract, but at least express interest, that means then Hassan Reddick, he will be on the open market, as will a Kenyon Drake, a Patrick Peterson. Now we'll get to see what really is the market for these players. And I wonder how different it's going to be from a year ago, just from a standpoint of they're able to get J.J. Watt in here, uh, get a physical, have a press conference, have to sign the contract where last year, once the season started and they announced the trade for DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, teams weren't having press conferences unless eventually it was virtual. So um, I'm curious to see just how, how how that happens. I mean, you like to get the guy in the building. Sometimes guys come out on visits. Obviously, COVID's going to be still, um, you know, uh, social distancing and all the, all the protocols they have. But it'd be interesting to see you know, after the first wave, do they start bringing guys in just to kind of meet and greet? Um, obviously, you're bringing somebody in because you think he can help you, but, you know, getting a face-to-face conversation. And I think once we get to the second wave, that's when you're going to see a lot of one-year deals. And a guy like Reddick, who really has not been recruited, he wasn't highly sought after in high school into the college ranks, and then, of course, you get drafted – But now here is someone who has done everything in his power. Yes, it was a contract year. He did not have his fifth-year option exercise. So the timing for him is great. What will the market dictate? Is there even a possibility for him to return to the Cardinals if the market is not what 
it is expected to be, at least in his mind. And I'll say this because I thought what he had said to Sirius XM NFL radio a few weeks back, because as you always say, yes, it's money, but it's also fits. And this is what Reddick had to say, quote, it's all about being the correct fit, being the correct system and being somewhere I can still thrive, flourish and continue to grow as a player, end quote. He has that with the Cardinals in this 3-4 outside linebacker scheme. How many others would be able to employ Hassan Reddick like a Vance Joseph would? That, I think, is something that I'm sure has already been discussed between Reddick and his agent. I think, you know, the Cardinals have more intel than we do. And, and I think it was telling when they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Then, you know, as you pointed out, he never complained. Um, he was playing out of position, went through, obviously, different coordinators, and then he stepped up this year when Chandler went down. Uh, but you look at the body of work. I mean, could he do it again? And I think he's earned the right to go out there and see what he's worth. I mean, I could see a team, you know, you look at Carolina. I mean, he, you know, to hold Temple, you know, connection. With Matt Rule, you know, yeah. Matt Rule, exactly. Phil Snow. Um, he talked about fit. So they play a little bit of hybrid of everything. And, they, you know, they got a guy like Jeremy Chin there who's kind of a hybrid uh, linebacker safety, he'd be on the outside. Uh, you know, in Carolina, obviously, he's, you know, they're trying to figure out the quarterback position. But, I mean, would they offer one year $8.5 million? It's possible. I mean, does he get a multi-year deal? Um, so it's it's fit and asking price. But I think, you know, Patrick Peterson is going to be in the same boat. I think the Cardinals will allow him to go out in free agency and see what he's worth. He doesn't have to give the organization a chance to, to re- you know, I think for the right price, they would like to have him back. But obviously, at this point in time, you know, we'll see what they do with offers. So a lot of it's a, it's a lot of big pieces. But I think the three big names are Reddick, Peterson and Drake, just from a standpoint, you know, what they meant to the team a year ago. And obviously, Patrick, throughout his career, Drake looks like he's going to be a guy that's going to test free agency, 27 years old. You know, there's some team out there, you know, Aaron Jones is now a free agent. Somebody's going to throw a ton of money at him like Miami. So. And then you look at Marcus Golden. I think the Cardinals value him as a guy that they would like to retain. And we've talked about Chandler Jones's, you know, cap number. Maybe he gets an extension at some point where you lower that. So they got some holes to fill, Craig. And now we're going to see how they address it in free agency. And then, of course, the draft. Yeah, 28 unrestricted free agents. How many of those names are back wearing Cardinal uniforms in 2021? We will wait and see. But as we continue here, Bird Gang, a reminder first if you want the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today, updates to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The app features an all new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. Now, we were kind of delayed a little bit because of the J.J. Watt signing by our position-by-position breakdown. So as we did earlier this week, took, taking a look at linebackers, how about, MJ, we take a look at the quarterback position with respects to what the Cardinals have on the roster and then perhaps what the Cardinals might be looking to do here this offseason. And no, they don't need a starting quarterback. I'll say this, MJ, that's been the one godsend in this whole scenario this entire offseason is the fact that the Cardinals have a starting quarterback. Now, if you want to debate, as Ron Wolfley likes to say, we don't quite know yet if Kyler Murray is a franchise quarterback, that's fine. But at least you know who your starting quarterback is going to be. And within the division, well, outside of Matthew Stafford, if we had this conversation a few weeks back, 
Jared Goff, unknown. Uh, Russell Wilson, unknown. Jimmy Garoppolo, unknown. But the one solid piece is Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. And there are very few teams out there right now that can say right now on March 10th that they are definitively behind their starting quarterback for all of the upcoming 2021 season. And I think it was Schefter, you know, he he thought there'd be 18 different quarterbacks in different cities, and he said, I'll take the over. Now, we've already had a few traits uh, when it came to the quarterback position, Goff and Stafford, and then you look at, you know, Carson Wentz. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of free agent quarterbacks, which we're going to get into because I, I thought it really stuck out late in the year when Kyler Murray went down and Brett Hundley was inactive the entire season. And Cardinals were consistent that they thought Chris Strebler won the job in training camp. Unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to see any preseason games, maybe some of the practices that, you know, maybe he showed flashes. And I think they brought him in to be Tyson Hill. But let's get back to Murray because, you know, I think it's very important what you're saying. There's stability at that position, and that's very important. And usually when the head coach and the quarterback are on the same pace, um, then they're pulling the right rope in the right way. So I, I feel like they're both on the same page, and they both expect to get better, um, you know, more experience, more maturity, uh, more consistency from both the head coach and Kyler Murray. But, you know, the fact that he was a rookie of the year and got a chance to go to the Pro Bowl, and he was close to 4,000 yards, and he was close to 1,000 rushing yards, and, you know, last two seasons, though, he's, he's been banged up a little bit late in the year and give him credit for playing through some of those injuries because we didn't know how severe they were. Three times you forget also that he was also named NFC Offensive Player of the Week. So there is a trajectory with Kyler Murray through his first two seasons, and he was on pace early in the year as far as to become the first quarterback ever to throw for 4,000 yards and rush for 1,000 yards. He fell just short, and I think that is certainly something that is easily attainable because I don't see Kyler Murray shying away from running the football. Now, maybe does he need to run as much? Who knows? But I think it's just the products of the offense. If you're going to take away Kyler Murray's running ability, then that's fine. Then someone else has to step up. But if you allow him to move around and then open up the middle of the field, MJ, how many times did we see whether it was a called run from the sideline or Murray himself saw it himself? You spread the field out, you drop back to pass, and there's just nothing but green grass in front of you because of the blocking by the offensive linemen. The linebackers are out of the picture. The, the secondary's way back. And then all of a sudden, you're running for 10, 15 yards. And with Murray, because of his elusiveness, sometimes you break that off into 25, 30, 35 yards. And all of a sudden, there's your big play, your momentum play for a specific series. And then I think that is what sets Kyler Murray apart. I'd like to see him be in the pocket a little bit more. But again, take what the defense allows you. And I think we'll see more of that coming up this season. That's what makes him so unique is he's so dynamic in the open field. And he uses every blade of grass. It's not like he always takes off to the right side. He'll run up the middle. He'll try to, you know, maybe get out of a, a pass rush and, you know, kind of do with 180 where he's got to turn his back to the defense and run to the left side. And he does a really good job you know, extending the ball out when he gets close to a first down. We know he's one of the better sliders in the NFL. Of course, that's the baseball background. Um, but again, you know, there are times when he's got to get better from the 10 to 19 uh, ratio. Um, you know, he, he can make that throw to hop on the left side from the right hash mark. So I'm not concerned with that. But, you know, sometimes he has a tendency and we saw Mahomes do it maybe because he wasn't healthy 
uh, drifting back in the pocket. And then it doesn't allow you to see over the linemen. And then sometimes he was sailing the ball um, when he came to throwing over the middle. And again, you know, when Larry was out, there wasn't so much separation from the receivers. Guys were bunched up and you don't want to have that when you're going three and four wide. So um, just more being more consistent, uh, eliminate the negative plays. But, you know, the numbers that you have here, I mean, it's a, you look at those numbers and you'd say, I'll, I'll take that quarterback every day of the week. I mean, he ranked, talking about Kyler Murray, in the top 15 in completion percentage, yards, touchdowns. He set franchise quarterback records in completion percentage, rushing yards, and rushing touchdowns. So the numbers are there. Now it's a matter of, okay, how do you put those numbers to where they're part of an offense that is scoring points and winning games on Sunday? And that's when we talk about surrounding Murray with talent not on just the offensive side, but defensively as well, because he certainly is a weapon. He has a unique skill set, and you don't want to waste this time, especially early in his career. Forget about the fact that he's on his rookie contract, but he is certainly someone that is proven capable in this league to win ball games. Now it's just taking that next step, get to the postseason, get an extended run in the postseason, because right now he's knocking on that door of being great, of being elite. Now he just needs to open that door, better put, maybe bust through that door. And it's not so much, you know, him working out and staying in shape and, you know, toning his body because he did look a little bit bigger last year and that maybe he figured it out that I need to withstand some of these hits, even though he doesn't put himself in harm's way. I think it's more diving in more into the playbook in watching a lot of film and the Cardinals know who their opponents are this year. I know he plays a lot of Madden and video games. And so you can set up a defense to a three, four, but I think it's more the classroom work and being able to hopefully the game will slow down. He's mentioned that, but we know young quarterbacks have a tendency and they all do it. They look at their first read and then all of a sudden they get a little, you know, antsy. And then, oh, you know, then, then they try to improvise. He's got to go through his reads. And that, that's, that's on Cliff and Cam Turner to start moving Hopkins around so he's not just looking at one spot. And we know that he can make all the throws. And, uh, you know, like I said, there's, there's, there's a lot of growth here. But I, you could see that the, it's trending in the right direction. Now it's a matter of just fine-tuning things. It's not a finished product. He's got a long ways to go. But you could see the upside – and why the organization is excited about his future. Kingsbury, when we had a chance to speak with him late last week, used the phrase, master your craft, when asked about Murray. Now, he wouldn't be, or he didn't get into specifics. There was no follow-up, but I think what you just detailed there, MJ, is part of that craft. Numbers are great. What you do on the field is great, but that's just, that's maybe the majority of it, but it's the work you put in now. It's the work you put in during the week. And then obviously the execution come game day. And that is all what we've seen out of some of those elite quarterbacks, a Tom Brady, a Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, you name it. What are they good at? Well, yeah, they put up great numbers, but they're also a part of winning teams. And I know we got Bertram Berry on this week's Red Sea Report to say, yes, the quarterback is an important position. It is the most important position. You can't do it by yourself, but it's certainly you need that guy. And the Cardinals, I think, are very comfortable here going into year three, saying right now we have our guy. I think, you know, this is something I thought about at the end of the year. 
you know, and and we're going to get into the question that you uh, put on put on our show sheet and prep. You know, does Kyler Murray have to run? My thing is is that when you when you look at the offense, um, I think he's a luxury when it comes to the running game. Yes, you know, the fact that he had 11 rushing touchdowns, I think they only had 22, and 10 came from Drake and one came from Edmonds. Correct. And, and, and that's where when they look at the running back position, whether it's Chase Edmonds or not, you got to get somebody to get that short yardage, that third and one, fourth and one. If he's not going to be in, the, in under center, you don't want to take him off the field. But um, – Again, it's just the little things, but, you know, the question I had at the end of the season with, with Kyler's skill set and the number one wide receiver and probably a top three wide receiver, and you look at the offensive line, they're probably in the top 10, top eight, with how you want to describe it. You know, are they – can they get to eight wins like they did a year ago? Because we know there are five and two and then six and three, but the difference now, like you look at the Bills and maybe the Titans when, when they started getting a veteran quarterback in Tanner Lake, the next step is going to be difficult because now you're talking about winning more NFC games, division games. When you get to 10 or 11, is he capable of doing that because he's shown five wins, eight wins, and now the next step is double digits. The team has confidence in him, and more importantly, MJ, his teammates – I'll go back to my biggest takeaway from the J.J. Watt press conference is when he said he texted Kyler Murray, quote, I'm here because I believe in you. Kyler was one of the factors. Was it the factor? Probably not. But as we've talked repeatedly here on Cardinals Cover 2, that you have a pros column and you have a con column and you go pluses and minuses. And what do you write down on the pros side? Well, Kyler Murray, obviously. And I think that is why we have a J.J. Watt now wearing a Cardinals uniform. But let's get back to that topic as far as does Kyler need to run. We know the numbers say he does. Cardinals are 8-2, and two, or they went 8-2 and two last season when he had eight or more carries. 7-4 and four when he rushed for 30 or more yards. Now, I've heard Ron Wolfley again describe Kyler Murray. It's not so much that he has to run but it's the threat to run. And I think we did see that the past two seasons, late in the year when that threat was taken away late in the season because he was banged up both games against the Rams in 2019 and 2020, and he just couldn't be himself. And I think that is a factor here. It's not so much the numbers, but the fact that he has that ability. So as a defense you have to plan for it. You have to account for that. And I think that is why Kyler Murray is so dynamic. Couldn't have said it better. I totally agree. And that's what makes him unique and dynamic in the open field. I mean, he could put that ball down and run. I mean, he, I think he's got four or three speed and looks like he's a little faster when guys are running or chasing him. Yeah, like I said, it's just the little things. And, and he, and from, a, from a standpoint of holding the ball and you know, may, there are times when obviously he's trying to run to make a play, but I think he learns now to throw it out of bounds where the first year he may have tried to force it. Um, the sacks were down, you know, he, but again, he, because he's a dual threat, he is a weapon in the run game. But I, I just, you got to rely on your one and two punch, especially in that short yardage, because the Cardinals had plenty of opportunities and Streveler was in there early this season. We didn't see him. And then sometimes they'll run a jet sweep or something. At some point, you got to get a bigger back, 5'11", 220, 225, 230, and let him be the grunt guy so Murray doesn't have to deal with that. 
And, and again, uh, we did see after the teams were playing that mush defense, it was about three weeks with that mush defense. And then Cliff started moving, hopping around. Um, they were getting more um, protection. They kind of figured it out. And that's what football is about. You have to make adjustments. The other adjustment that I think we did see later on in the season and has gotten a lot of talk is how much time might we see Kyle Murray under center coming up this season. It did become more of something that we saw later in the year. And it is something that when things aren't working on offense and you're asking yourself why or what do you do or what adjustments, a lot of people came back to, hey, you know what? Get under center. It gives the defense a different look. You're able to do a little bit more when you're under center as far as disguising things. The angles are a little bit more better um, as far as whether you're handing the ball off, you're trying to run a jet sweep. So it doesn't have to be all the time. And I think we are seeing offenses across the league be more comfortable with their quarterback out of the shotgun. But I think if you just changed it up a little bit, and I don't know if that's the right answer or not, we were searching for a lot of answers late in the season when that offense stalled after five straight games of 30 or more points and 400-plus yards. Something changed. The defense changed, right? I mean, they were the defense made its adjustments, so now the onus was on the offense to make its, and I just don't think they were quick enough in making their adjustments. I think when you look at it, what they were doing is before they were trying to rush up the field and sack him. Here, they were rushing up the field to keep him in the pocket that mush, uh, that defense. So the thing is, any quarterback will tell you when you're, when your shoulders are square to the field, you can see the entire field. When you go underneath center, now there are times for when you utilize the play action, because when you go under center, you're turning your, your one shoulder back and you don't see the entire field. And the Cardinals run so much RPOs, run, run, pass. There's three options. A Kyler can run it, he can hand it off, or he can throw it. Then they run the zone read. It's based on the defensive end. Is he cheating to come up with the field and then back and get past him? And then they run the pistol offense. That's a big part of what they do. And when you look at the Ravens, you even look at the Bills. The Bills run a lot of 10 personnel, but they run the pistol. We saw on Monday Night Football when Baltimore was on the pistol. So I think quarterbacks are comfortable. They can see the entire field. Now he's dynamic enough and maybe – because he has to drift sometimes to throw some of those balls over the middle because he's throwing good balls to Dan Arnold on the scene. That doesn't seem to be an issue. But I just think quarterbacks are comfortable when they can see the entire field, and that allows you to go through your progressions, even though it's likely going to be a quick handoff or a quick throw. We continue here on this Wednesday edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Obviously, Kyler Murray is quarterback one. Cardinals do have two other quarterbacks right now on their roster, Chris Strebler and Cole McDonald, who signed a futures contract. Let's talk about him first. 6'3", 215. He is certainly a bigger body than a Kyler Murray or even a Chris Strebler. Former seventh-round draft pick of the Titans, who was released last offseason during training camp, comes out of Hawaii. He's got great numbers in college, and you just wonder, you know, he seems, without diving into a lot of Cole McDonald film, he seems more to be that traditional drop-back quarterback and perhaps maybe someone that the team is intrigued about, not for this season, not to be the backup, 
but perhaps maybe another arm, if you will, and maybe they have found something down the road. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. You know, I think the the late Ron Wolf always said, you know, take a quarterback every couple of years. Now you don't do it in the first round, but you kind of, you know, every couple of years, maybe uh, the Packers took that advice and drafted Jordan Love last year. I, I did say not the first round every year, but anyways, yeah, I mean, you like to flood the position, you know, you, depending on what the practice squad numbers are going to be this year, you, you know, Usually the backup quarterback runs the scout team, but we know that Cam Turner can throw. Mike Berkovici can throw if they had to. They're both coaches. Cliff Cliff didn't really throw a lot last year because he was focusing on, you know, getting up to speed with Kyler and then getting Strebler. And, yeah, so, I, I mean, but I think the elephant in the room here is they have to upgrade that backup quarterback position. Nothing against Chris Strebler, um, you know, again, Tyson Hill, but, you know, if Kyler Murray – is going to withstand some of those hits in the last couple of years. You know, late in the year, he's he's been banged up a little bit. Give him credit for playing. He's at least started two years in a row, 16 games. You know that he hasn't finished. Um, but I just look what happened in the in the weeks, um, weeks seven or 16 and 17, you know, when Kyler wasn't 100%. And obviously when he had C.J. Beathard and then um, Jonathan Wolford, I mean, and Strebler was in the game and they had him throwing. I'm like, this is not what he does. So I was, again, I should have maybe uh, challenged it more why he, why Brett Hundley wasn't the backup because that's what you need. Hundley did a good job when he came in that Seattle game. I mean, yeah. Hundley, Hundley's similar to Kyle Murray's skill set, right? Yeah, I mean, he's bigger, but as far as the ability yeah. to, to, to run and then also throw the football, because I do think the Cardinals did Chris Strebler a disservice as far as setting him up for the possibility of taking over for Kyla Murray if Murray would get hurt, and it did happen in Week 17. We saw Strebler early on in the year. He had one offensive snap in both Weeks 1 and 2, and he had a one rushing attempt as well in week one at San Francisco. Then he did not see the field again until week 11, and that was on special teams. So there was obviously a decision made or they saw enough of Strebler like, look, this is not going to work, this gimmick, if you will, or this particular play. We need to come up with something different. That's fine. Yet if that was the case and he's still your backup, which we were told he was, I don't think there was enough progress from him to be that guy in an emergency. And there was an emergency in week 17 to come in and lead the team to a victory. Brett Hundley the year before was that guy to help lead the team to a win in Seattle. He was very emotional about it because that's the team he played for, but it was big for Brett Hundley. He had the experience. But once that decision was made in training camp that Strebler was going to be the backup, Brett Hundley became a non-factor, if you will, because he was inactive for all 16 games, and that can't happen going into this season. I'm sorry it can't be Kyler Murray and Chris Strebler one and two as your depth chart at quarterback position here this season. Well, we watched the postseason. Again, it comes down to you know turnovers and protecting the quarterback and winning the trenches, but I mean, look at the Rams. I mean, they had the number one defense going into the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, you know, they had to go back to Jared Goff. And clearly, during the year, if you followed the story, they were they were not excited they had to go back to Walford gets hurt. You see what happened in Washington. Um, yeah, I mean, it's you, you have to have a backup quarterback in a pinch. Chad Henning, 
Chad Henney filled in admirably for, for Patrick Mahomes. Now, by the way, you can make the argument, MJ, that if they do not have a Chad Henney, that perhaps the Chiefs don't win that ball game. Now, granted, it was against Cleveland, but it was a huge third down conversion. I mean, excuse me, it was a fourth down conversion. Yeah. That was a huge part of the ball game. And then you look at Tampa Bay's run, who gave them their most challenging contest? It was Washington with Tyler Heineke as the quarterback. So it does matter. And the point here, Bird Gang, is look, we're if a team loses their starting quarterback, i.e. the Dallas Cowboys, well, I'm sorry, you're, you're, you're out of luck. It, it's just not going to happen. Although I'll say this, the NFC East and Andy Dalton almost got the Cowboys into the postseason. But if you're going to lose your quarterback for the season, all bets are off. Look to next year. But you need someone that can guide you for a three, four, five-week stretch that can win you ball games. Keep the game close. Perhaps maybe there's a defensive play or a special teams play. And then all of a sudden, when that starter gets back, you're not in the hole or you've maintained your position as far as playoff seeding is concerned. That is my point this offseason. The Cardinals need to be able to answer this question. If Kyler Murray gets hurt, do we have confidence in X quarterback to lead us to wins over a three to four week stretch? And you could not answer that in the definitive with Chris Strebler. Craig, some teams value the backup quarterback. You know, the Rams, they didn't value. They had John, John Wolford and he black, brought back Blake Bortles, who was a starting quarterback. You know, San Francisco, I think if they do keep Jimmy Garoppolo, they're going to go after a veteran quarterback. Nothing against Nick Mullins and C.J. Bethard. They were draft picks. And, you know, Shanahan's a really good offensive-minded quarterback's coach and the shifting Seattle, I mean, is it Geno Smith? He is the backup quarterback, but you're backup right. Backup quarterback in Buffalo's Matt Barkley. You know, backup quarterback in, in Cleveland's Case Keenum. He's got a nice contract. I think he would fit Kingsbury's system because he played in that air raid. I'm not comparing it. So now we got to get into, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He could he could go to a team and start until till the rookie gets ready or, you know, maybe just be a backup. But Initially, you know, there was a report that maybe he retired. He still wants to play. But now the question becomes, do you get a veteran that obviously is not going to threaten Kyler Murray, um, you know, could be a, um, an asset in the in the quarterback room? And do you want a player that has a similar skill set as Kyler Murray so you don't have to change your office? And I think that was the process was Chris Strebler, even though we know, you know, he's a little bit bigger. He doesn't run a 4-3. You know, he's he's an underachiever, so to speak, but he's he, he's a guy that's not afraid to go down and cover a kick. So when you look at that, you know, and we're going to go through some of the names because if you're going to and it's, and it's not going to cost you one or two million and sometimes it costs three to four million. And this is probably not the year that you can invest in that. But if something and I couldn't agree more with you, if Murray goes down in the first month of the season. Well, you just got to take your lump. But if something happens in week 14 or 15, he's got to miss a few weeks. You don't want to have a huge drop off. That's the point. And, and I think based on Strebler's lack of reps after the first couple of weeks, I think the thought was we're not taking Kyler Murray off the field. Now, there are times you can – didn't they have a couple direct snaps to Kenyon Drake? Correct. Murray would go out as a receiver. Now, you got to be careful there because now he's a legit player. A lot of times that he'll run the other way. But there are times that I have direct snaps, but I think the thought process is we're not taking Kyle Murray off the field to do this again. 
The problem with looking for a backup quarterback, and you mentioned it, is a lot of these guys, veterans, if you will, still believe, and it's uh, the true athlete, they still believe that they can start. So now all of a sudden it's, okay, who do you find now versus who might you find later on because there are no starting spots open or the quote-unquote compete to be a starter. And then all of a sudden you brought it up. Yes, money is a factor as well. We're having this conversation when the salary cap, as we discussed at the top of the hour or the top of the show, I should say, is $16 million than it was a year ago. So you have to invest wisely, but I do think it's worth taking a look at the resources that this team puts at the quarterback position overall and invest in a second quarterback, a backup, who one, as you said, is capable. I don't care about the same skill set as Kyler Murray. Can you perform quarterback duties in the NFL? And then two, can you challenge? Can you be that teacher, that guy, that mentor, if you will, in the quarterback room and not be a threat as far as Kyler has to always look over his shoulder to make sure whomever it is is trying to, you know, not, I'm going to say sabotage, but at least not be a team guy, the betterment for the team. Drew Stanton is the perfect example. There are very few Drew Stantons out there on the market, but he's the one name that comes to mind. He knew, he understood his role with the Arizona Cardinals backing up Carson Palmer. That's very hard to find, especially when everyone believes that they should be on the field. Well, when Arians took the job, one of his first signings was Drew Stanton. And then within three weeks, Steve Kime and, and B.A. pull off the trade for Carson Palmer. You know, Drew, obviously, you know, he's, had, he's carved out a nice career. Michigan State guy, second-round pick, played in Detroit. Um, Arians liked him. And, uh, he, he again, he, he wants to play just like Chase Daniel. I think Josh McCown, um, I know – he could be a coach in Houston or possibly a backup quarterback. He's, he's to me, ideal. He, he's a sounding board. But let's go through some of the names just, just based on, you know, uh, again, Chad Henney doesn't have the same skill set as Patrick Mahomes, but he's been in Andy Reid's system, and there wasn't a drop-off. So, I mean, to say that they need somebody like Kyler Murray, well, I get it because you don't have to change your offense, but we know there would be a drop-off regardless of it is. So but let's go through some of your list here. And, you know, we're going to talk about pocket passers and, you know, guys that can, you know, obviously spin the ball down the field and then some guys that have a dual threat to their ability. I kind of did the list based off of number of starts, not seasons. So the first name on the list is Joe Flacco. The Cardinals faced Flacco a year ago, but again, a veteran on the downside of his career. You've got Alex Smith on the market after he was released by Washington. Ryan Fitzpatrick, we've talked about him a lot just because of his ties to the state of Arizona, but we know that he would prefer to be a starter. Andy Dalton, who backed up Dak Prescott last year, with the Dallas Cowboys, another guy on the market, a Tyrod Taylor, if you will, Robert Griffin III, just some guys that have more than 40 starts in this league. But in the case of Flacco, Smith, Fitzpatrick, and Dalton, they all have over 140 starts. So you're not worried about is the stage too big for them if they have to come in for a stretch or a period of time on a Sunday. That's what I want to see is someone that has the experience so there is some confidence because as we 
found out and, and I'm right there with you, MJ. We didn't think too much of it during training camp and we probably should have, but you never expect your quarterback to get hurt. You never expect to lose your quarterback. So you don't, so you just put it out of your mind. I think it has to be at the forefront of your mind now. And a couple of the names you mentioned, Tyrod Taylor, you know, a few years ago, I think when it, may, it may have been the Josh Allen draft where they were looking to unload him. And um, he ended up getting traded to Cleveland. And Taylor, he's a shorter guy. Um, you know, in that playoff game, he suffered a concussion. And then they obviously wanted to move on from him. And then he was in Cleveland. He actually started over Baker Mayfield. And then they went to Mayfield because he was the first overall pick. And then we know what happened with the Chargers last year. I'm kind of intrigued with Tyrod Taylor. I think he's uh, he can he he can spin the ball down the field. Again, he's not the tallest guy, um, but I think he's accurate. I think he can run the offense. You know, RG three people are going to look at his career, and obviously, you know, he was as a rookie, he was very successful, but he never protected his body, and maybe Mike Shanahan had a lot to do with that. But he's been in that Ravens offense. He's been backing up Lamar Jackson. I'm kind of intrigued with him, 31 years old, as you pointed out, nine seasons, 42 starts. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Jacoby Brissett. They're saying all the right things down there, but, you know, he's got a high cap number. You know, Brian Hoyer has been a journeyman. Um, I don't know. The Cardinals did have him before. I think Todd Haley had him in Pittsburgh, and they brought him in. Colt McCoy's, you know, he's he's got the the spread offense based on what he's done in college and the teams he's played for. We've been down the road with Mike Glennon, you know, Matt Barkley, Nick Mullins, A.J. McCarron. So I would think, you know, if if the price is right now, I do, you know, there's rumors that Andy Dalton could sign with the Broncos to create competition. Now, you know, who knows if they're going to try to get a quarterback in the offseason. You know, it's, it's a big year for Drew Locke. They think they're going to, you know, get some um, – some of the receivers back Sutton and, you know, when you look at their roster. So it'd be interesting to see, is Andy Dalton looking for a starting job? Is he going to go in there and compete with a guy like Drew Locke? So I don't think you can compete with those guys, but other guys, they're going to have to take a one-year deal. And if you've been in the league over seven years, it's probably going to be a million dollars. So you don't have to overpay, but if you make starts and you're active on game day, you can also supplement your income over the course of a year. Some other names, Mike Glennon, who is here with the Cardinals. You've got the two quarterbacks in San Francisco, Nick Mullins, C.J. Beathard, that are available. Matt Barkley, as we talked about, A.J. McCarron. You know, not a lot of starts, not a lot of experience, but just guys who have been in the league for a number of years. And we've already heard John Lynch say that they need to get better as a backup behind Jimmy Garoppolo because of how much time Garoppolo has missed. Now, that's not the case with the Cardinals, they don't need to worry about that as I knock on wood here because Murray has not missed a start. But this is something that I do think and I'd love to know because and I, and I do get that 2021 might not be the yeah. best time to have this conversation because of the salary cap. But I just don't want to get into a situation again, because if Brett Hundley, what if he came in week 17, could he have beaten the Los Angeles Rams that afternoon. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we were getting calls on the post-game show asking that question. We dismissed it at the time because he wasn't inactive. So you really couldn't have that conversation. But looking back, it's worth bringing up. And I think, again, no one likes to talk about the backup quarterback. 
But I would like to see, and if we don't get that backup quarter, MJ, I would like to have that conversation or the reason like, okay, why not? Give me the explanation why not, because I do think it's important. And hopefully, let's be honest, hopefully we don't ever see that player ever on the football field. But we talk about depth at other positions. Why not at the quarterback position? All fair points. And no disrespect to Chris Streveler, but I, I don't know if Brett would have played that bad. I mean, again, he was thrown in the mix, you know, 11 of 16, 105 yards, one touchdown, one interception, sacked twice over 28 snaps. I just didn't like the way they they had him throwing the ball down the field. It's like, let's work the, what's the, you know, maybe work the chains or the sticks, kind of get some momentum there. But again, they have more film than I do. So I, I mean, we don't get a chance to watch practice. Clearly, uh, I think we would have benefited a lot of these guys. I could say this every day. Uh, that would have been nice to see Chris Treble in a preseason game, playing that whole fourth fourth preseason game. It didn't happen. I could say the same thing about Isaiah Simmons. Uh, it didn't happen. Um, but I think young players definitely need to get on the field and they need to get more live action. It's different from preseason games to regular season games to postseason games. And unfortunately, it just didn't happen. And you can't put it on the player, but they need to get on the field to get better and live action. Yeah, we're having this discussion because the Cardinals fell short of their goal. And anytime you do, we have to figure out why or, hey, let's make sure it doesn't happen again. And I think that's why the conversation has to take place here So at some point this offseason. Again, not the first way, but it's something down the road that this team should and needs to, at least in my opinion, address here this offseason before they hit training camp and get ready for 2021. Bird Gang, if you enjoy Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, we invite you to subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast so you can get all of your favorite shows on the go, like Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Rage, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Go to azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere you get your podcast, just go to azcardinals.com. Before we sign off here on this Wednesday edition of Cardinals Cover 2, MJ, do you know what day or what the significance of March 10th is with respects to the 2021 NFL draft? 50 days away. Now, on the surface, that sounds like a lot of time. And then uh, on the other hand, it doesn't sound like a lot of time because there is a lot of work to be done especially with no scouting combine and the deal with pro days and you can't always be there. The other note with respects to that bird gang, we know the Cardinals have five draft picks and they still have five draft picks as the league has announced the compensatory picks for 2021 and the Cardinals did not get any, I did not see their name on the list of teams to receive a compensatory pick. And, you know, it's hard to figure out the formula. It's usually what you sign and then, you know, how much money they make and what you lose in free agency. But, you know, the Cardinals a few years ago, they got three compensatory picks. Now, hypothetically, if Patrick Peterson starts on a new team, Hassan Reddick, um, if they lose a guy that, you know, is obviously going to get, you know, a one or two or three-year deal, pretty much a little guaranteed money, they could get a third or fourth next year at this time. Um, and that means you're losing, you know, in this case, Patrick Peterson, eight-time Pro Bowler, and then Hassan Reddick was a former first-round pick. So 
it's not it's not ideal. Uh, you know, usually teams like the Ravens, um, Ozzie Newsom was there, Eric DaCosta. They they will wait to sign a free agent like in June that's been waived, and it doesn't count against the formula. Again, it's it's above my pay grade, but I just know next year if the Cardinals do lose some players, even a Kenyon Drake, you know, those to me would be the three guys. You know, hopefully they can retain some, but at the same time they will get some compensation. And that's why I think it's important, Craig, that, you know, when you get to the 16th overall pick, they're going to have some options. And it wouldn't surprise me if they try to get an extra pick or two, whether it's a second or third round, because I think once you get to 12 or 13, you get the same player at 25, depending on the position. Yeah. And as you say, always more bites at the apple because five, you know, draft picks right now doesn't sound like a whole heck of a lot, especially considering all the areas that this team is looking to improve upon. Now we'll see how many of those areas get addressed in free agency. But yeah, the draft right around the corner, 50 days from right now and the Cardinals with five, a handful of draft picks as we go in to that 2021 draft. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2. 